Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome into Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III, powered by KSLSports.com. Trevor Allen here with you alongside Pac-12 champion, All-Pac-12 selection, and Utah cornerback Clark Phillips III. CP, how are you, man? Man, I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, we actually have a, uh, a special guest. So music coming in is provided by Bryce Phillips. That's right. Um, which... We only we only play music whenever we are in studio, and since you finally got your ducks in a row as far as your schedule, we got yep. to go back in studio. I'm going to let you bring in our guest. We're going to go right to it. So, man, you know we've been trying to get a guest on, a special guest. We had my, my dad on um, as our first. Um, so glad to formally introduce my twin brother, my baby brother, uh, my best built-in best friend, if you would, um, Bryce Phillips. Bryce, how are you, man? Yes, sir. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. So you uh, came out to Utah. You're you're actually about to go out to college. Mm-hmm. So uh, what what made you come out and uh, hang out with with Clark for about a week? I wanted to come out and you know live the life in Utah and just spend time with my brother before I go to college because I know I'm gonna be gone for a while. Spring ball. So Clark and I have obviously talked about you almost weekly. You know, just kind of your your updates of what was going on in JUCO yes, and you know playing well and things like that. And we'll we'll get into that uh, in a minute, but. Just talk about where you're going to be going to college and, you know, what what kind of led you to go there and what are some of the next steps for for Bryce Phillips? Well, I'm going to be going into Tennessee State in Nashville on the 22nd. And so I I plan to go there on the 22nd to start spring ball and then school that Monday. And so I picked Tennessee State because, you know, the HBCU life, I like the black college vibe and I like, you know, the coaches. I felt really comfortable and I had a lot of other offers or a few other offers, but I feel like that was home when I visited so I'm ready to start my journey. Yeah, talk about the uh, talk about the coaches. I mean, you got Eddie George as a head coach. You got guy. I don't know your DB coach. He talks to me and my brother. We talked about how uh, his his uh, DB coach reminds him of like a uh, like a younger coach Shaw. And oh, I, really? And I immediately yeah. started laughing because <laughs> and my mom. So when when they went out there like on the official visit, I guess yeah. Um, they met this guy and he you know he was bald and he was just like a younger version. My mom said he was like ten years younger, Coach Shaw. Definitely. Like loud, really, really <laughs> energetic. compassionate, affectionate, so energetic. energetic. Yeah. yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I just started laughing. I said I got to meet this dude. And so my brother, of course, loves him. You know, Coach Eddie George. What is he? A Hall of Fame running back. Uh, Clark didn't know he won the Heisman Trophy. Won the Heisman yeah, Trophy. I didn't know that, and so he didn't know that. Can you believe that? 
Yeah, I didn't believe it either. Really? Until I saw him in person. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that looks about right. He about 6'3", what? Is <laughs> he a big back, right? He's 6'3". He's not even that tall. Well, he's tall, but like not like 6'5". He's just like a big frame. Yeah, like wide. Like a wide body. Yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> Tough dude to looks bring like down. We're both corners, so those yeah. type of running backs, the Tavions, <laughs> like those ain't fun to bring down. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, you guys are also playing in a, a NFL stadium, from what I understand? Yes, yeah, sir. Titans. We're playing in a Titan stadium. That's wow. awesome. So, That's yeah. crazy. See, Clark doesn't get that. <laughs> although, although well, you gotta Clark, rub it in, Trevor. Clark can then go to you know Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, you end up making it to the you know Pac-12 championship, and you know some of the bowl games have you know NFL stadiums. Like if you were in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Yeah, well, you which know, also our games, you would have had a mediocre. You know, our games in the in the in the NFL stadiums. I like to say we have to earn them. You know, we don't just yeah. get that. You know, so it makes it that much more special when we're allowed to go in there. You know, so we're gonna be getting that every game though. <laughs> every home game plus, every home every game. Home. plus you guys get to play Jackson State Jackson which State. for those of you out there Ooh, who don't comp. know uh, Deion Sanders is, is the head coach and he get he gets some dudes some he's dudes. able to get some of the top prospects to go he to Jackson the State one, the he got top the, prospect the top prospect in the 2022 class I'm gonna class. have to guard him <laughs> oh yeah lock him down I'm gonna have to so okay now now I kind of want to back up a little bit um, Clark had a, a very clear path of what he wanted to do, you know, especially after he had three pick sixes in a game when he was a sophomore, was getting all the offers coming in. You know, some, some schools were reaching out to you when you were uh, back in high school, but then COVID-19 happened. And then you, you were ripped away from, from your senior year. You didn't even play as a senior when you're in high school. And then, so kind of just walk us through your, you know, path of how, how you got to where you are today playing for Tennessee State when you didn't have a senior year of high school, mm. you didn't get nearly the offers, interest of what you should have gotten. So just kind of talk about your, your journey of, of where you're at right now. Well, I had a few uh, schools looking at me my first three years in high school at La Habra, and then I transferred to Olu, COVID hit, and I ended up doing track. I wanted to focus on track and getting faster for college. And so I didn't play a senior season. It was conflicting with football. And so it was the same time, basically, you know, our season was pushed back till January, and that was mm-hmm. when track season was. And so I ended up, you know, just grinding in track and got down to 11 flat. I thought offers were going to come in, but nothing really came in. So I kept working, and everybody was, like, telling me, you should go Juco, you should go Juco. I had, like, a D2 offer, and that was a really full ride. And so I ended up going Juco, believing in myself, and I did a semester, and I got offers. And so I'll be going to Tennessee State in two weeks. Yeah, and you know, I've talked about it. You know, me and Trevor talked about it and stuff, and we've talked about the journey, uh, the JUCO journey. Me and my brother had a lot of conversations about it, my my dad, and, you know, everyone's path is different. Um, we've we've seen people in our family, we've seen, you know, close friends go to JUCO route, and it doesn't always go as planned. A lot of people go JUCO and end up being there for three, four years, you know, because that's why they call it a trap, because you kind of get caught up in that JUCO lifestyle. It's not really, you know, the same experience as a D1 or a D2 Football is almost secondary to now. Mm-hmm. You're 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 trying to work and you're trying to do other things, and and so you know you might end up having a kid, and so things like that, and so just the fact that Bryce was able to go in with the plan, um, and literally do that do that semester, play the season, play phenomenal, you know, and then pull in like what four or five offers, four or five offers, um, Pac-12, almost out yeah, of Pac-12, yeah, Colorado State, Colorado State, and then you know right you know right after the season. I think that's what, you know, he's to be applauded for and commended because I think that's special because every, a lot of people can make plans and stuff and, you know, not really follow through. But for him to follow through, he really he really exercised the Phillips way. I told him, I was like, man, that's how we do things. We make plans and we and we knock it out. Yes, sir. I'm super proud, man. Well, and not only that, but you, you, you probably had a plan just like Clark did when, when he came to Utah, but no one's ever going to guess a global pandemic is going to hit nope. and and it's going to wipe out your senior season it's going to it's going to change your your course 
What was kind of your, you know, emotions knowing that you knew you were you were talented enough to play at the highest level of college ball, but you just couldn't get the eyes on you because of a global pandemic? Well, it was kind of hard to get over at first, but, you know, all you could do is work out and keep working and trusting yourself. And I feel like God's going to put the right opportunity in my hands. And he did. And so I just continue working out, doing the same thing every day, not, you know, losing hope and just working out and just grinding, getting my grade, keeping my grades up. So how how was the whole JUCO experience? I know I know that some players, I mean, one that ends up coming to mind, Tavion Thomas, had had a really good year of, of junior college and then ended up making his way over to Utah. But you had a really solid year. Your your team, you know, I think you guys won your guys' like mm-hmm. conference championship, I guess, if you will. And you even got a pick six, which, you know, same amount of, of, of yeah. a pick sixes as Clark in, in the twenty twenty one season. But just how, how how was the whole experience of JUCO? It was different coming in from high school because, you know, not everything's structured and it's like you don't have class every day. And so it's definitely a change. I feel like you got to be mature enough to, you know, grab that and like, you know, not take school for granted and not take football for granted because you're not going to have school every single day. Like I had school two days a week and like for two hours a day. So it's really different. And, I, you know, you got to keep your grades up. And then football, it's like four days a week. But sometimes you don't live. Sometimes you don't do certain things. Sometimes you don't watch film. And so you got to do that stuff on your own. So you really got to be mature through the process and, you know, keep your eyes on the goal. How was your emotions when when you were seeing Clark get you know a t- all of these offers and and you were you were trending that way but then you know the the uh, global pandemic happened and COVID and how how were you emotionally seeing that your brother had all of that but it just didn't happen for you? Well, I was definitely proud of him, but I feel like I was never the sort of type, you know, to like get emotional about things. Like I always trust in God and they always call me like real chill because I always feel like I know things are going to work out for me. And so I just keep on working. I trust in myself, believe in myself. Sounds really, really familiar, right, Clark? That's the truth, man. You know, we're on faith, family and football for a reason. And I think um, me and my dad, I think we're talking. About, I don't know if Bryce was even sitting in on the conversation, but me and my dad were talking about how Bryce is different from from me, um, from him. Uh, so what's interesting is be, is because my mother, my dad, I'm we're all first uh, first child. So the first sibling, of course, in the family, the old, the eldest, and so we're all bigger siblings, uh, the oldest sibling. And so because of that, I feel like we all have that like type A personality in which we want to, you know, we prepare for everything, plan for everything, and like literally have to have the whole plan laid out and all of that type of stuff. And it and it drives us almost kind of like insane because we're like. We need to know exactly what's going to happen. Hey, I'm going to train for this, and this is going to happen. Almost like the whole life is planned. And I feel like that middle child kind of gets the label of like being a little bit more lax and things. And I talked about uh, me and my dad were just talking about how Bryce has a little bit of that, but also has some of that type A. But he just goes about it completely different. For me, you're going to know when I'm a little bit stressed and when I'm trying to be over the top because I'm literally planning for the season six months before, seven months before the year. As soon as that last game is played, I'm like, okay, this is the plan for the offseason. Bryce may go about it completely different because he's not like, okay, I'm not going to stress about it, you know, or if a test is coming up, I'm not going to stress about it, but I'm going to do my studying, you know, and up until the day before the test, I'm not going to be, you know, worried or anything like that. So I feel like there's there's value in both. Me and my dad were just talking about the differences between the two of us and um, how he's able to kind of keep like an even kill. And I've taken that from him because there's times where, you know, I get really, really anxious before the game, like about 48 hours before the game, I get anxious because I'm like, did I prepare enough? Right before the game, I'm like the calmest dude. But it's like I feel like it's the preparation because I've literally always told myself, you know, I'm going to leave it all on the table, whatever that I do, and I'm going to prepare, and I'm going to just give it all I got. And so I can be satisfied with it, with whatever the result's going to be after the game 
or after the test or whatever it's going to be. And so I feel like I've always taken that from him, being able to be even killed throughout situations. I kind of want to open this up a little bit to, you know, more of a of a of a conversation. But um, Bryce Clark always talks about you, whether it's on the air, off the air. Um, he's always telling me how, how proud he is of you and, you know, and, and, and having to get to know Clark over the last two years at while, while he's been at, at Utah and covering him and and now working with him on this show. How do you feel over the last two years since Clark left home to go to college? How has that strengthened your guys' bond as brothers? Um, I think it definitely strengthens our bond because, you know, it makes the time that we spend together more like, you know, sufficient. And so the times that I'm up here, it's just different connecting when he's in college and I'm about to be ahead of the college and just like seeing each other every day. We argue a lot and stuff, but it's way different. We don't argue as much. You know, we get along way better and it just helps us like all through our life and like stuff like that. So, so does it kind of make you guys seem like more adults? Because, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've also got, got two brothers and, I'm actually the youngest of of the the uh, two brothers, you know, that I have, and ever since we ended up becoming adults, we we didn't really go to college. We went we went different routes. Like my my brother was my oldest brother was in the military. My other one went to a a, a trade school, and I obviously went straight into sports media. But we never argued or really anything. I mean, anything extreme. I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna disagree on things, but. Yeah. You know, when you end up becoming an, an adult, things kind of change how, how how you treat your siblings. Right? I agree. I agree. You. I think there's an uh, there's a level of appreciation that uh, can go unnoticed when you're not living with someone anymore as well. You know, um, when you're living with somebody, it's a little bit different. Um, I feel like even when we were like my senior years, when we really started to kind of like really get closer, um, junior, senior year, I feel like just with us getting older and becoming more like each other, I feel like when we were really, really young. I developed early. He developed a little bit later. We were always like, I felt like I was always, you know, on something different than he was. We were in different frame of minds and stuff. And he was always, I felt like, um, in my mind, he probably said the same or different. I felt like it was always like I was like moving towards something different. He was kind of a little bit right, like right behind me. And so I'm like, sometimes that always frustrated me. And so I went to realize that, uh, like, dang, this is all I got. You know, it's my little brother. Um, it's my twin. And so as soon as, um, I got out to Utah, I realized, I'm like, dang, this is crazy. Like, we're really, like, away yeah. from each other. And you realize that that bond, it can't be matched by anybody, you know. And uh, my dad and my mom always did a great job of impressing upon us when we were little boys, you know, that uh, that brotherhood is going to be something. Blood, you can't, you can't, blood is, it can't be matched, you know, through the mm-hmm. thick and thin and nothing, nothing, you know, can, can come between that. You know, you can come, you come across a lot of friendships and things like that. And so I feel like we've both grown to appreciate that and, Shoot, now we're we're built in best friends and we always yeah. have been, but now it's even the bond is even more special when um you reunite and stuff after kind of both doing your own thing for a little bit. Like we're both grinding and stuff and so when you get together it's like it's really, really special and you the know, same track. We've always kinda of talked about living together at some point, but of course our plans have called for different but at some point I do I don't know, we we'll we'll probably end up shoot staying together, you know, and so we're twins. Everybody said that we look just alike. You, you know? really do. And it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm sitting here witnessing it right now. Yeah, so. And so nah man, it, it's it's really cool. Like certain things and it's just funny to see like how you grow up like he'll be nineteen in February, like and I just turned twenty. You know, when you grow, you start to the things that you dreaded as a little kid. Like now, you like you you're, you're proud of it. Like you're happy about it. Like I remember, we would hate be, being called twins, twins as little kids, or like, oh y'all say y'all say the same stuff. You like now we're like yeah, like like yeah. that's so cool, and so we just love it. Like that, you know, and so we uh you know certain things now we're like like we smile like we're like yeah that's my you know that's my blood brother, and so like you you kind of grow to appreciate certain things and. 
you know, man, I'm just I'm so grateful for this dude's journey and my journey. And it's 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 even funner, like when you get to come back and you compare notes because we're so close in age, like we're basically going through the same things at the same time. Like, yeah, or at a little bit different time. But now I come back, I'm like, man, how you do this? Or, you know, this is what my week looks like. And then we play the same position. Yeah. So it's like that adds to it. You know, we come and compare notes about girl drama, you know, all of this stuff. <laughs> so we're like, I'm like, dang, she tripping. And so it's just like, uh, it's special, man. It really is. And I know you can attest to it. You have a brother as well. It's a special bond. Man. A twin brother. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> of what of what is actually funny is you guys are, you know, twins as far as like looking alike, but you guys are, are not the same age. Yeah. I have a twin, like yeah. <laughs> sharing, wow. sharing a birthday. He looks nothing like me. He has blonde hair. Yeah. He's not as good looking as me, um, you know, and, and I, I always tell him that all the time. And, and, and it's funny because my oldest brother looks more like me. It, it's kind of crazy how that works. And, you know, just having that, that, that whole like sibling bond and things like that, because he has uh, two daughters and, you know, is going through a little bit of a life change and trying to just be there as, as his brother and things like that. There's, you know, because he and I have something that not a lot of people do and, and that's being a twin. And I feel like you guys ha- have that similar bond yeah. without actually being a twin. Yeah, man. And it's special. I think that's definitely there. And, you know, you take it for granted for so long. And I think uh, a lot of siblings could probably attest to it because you're just used to living with them. And you don't realize what it's going to be like when uh, you move away and maybe you're not seeing them every single day uh, except for FaceTime and being on the phone and stuff until you're away. And so, like, I'm just, you know, I'm so grateful for it now. And I feel like... uh yeah, man, it's just crazy. It's like time flies. Like we talked about every every year probably living in the house, we talked about, you know, when we were 10, hey, can't wait till we're 11 and we're teenagers. Yeah. And then it was like, <laughs> you know, we're teenagers. I can't wait until, you know, I'm out of the house. When we're going to both be out of the house together, moving in, you know, to a place together. And like <laughs> we had no alive. idea. I can't wait till we go to the same college, both playing corners on both sides, on different sides. And like just little things that you yeah. would talk about now are coming to fruition, into fruition. And of course, not the corner thing, playing on both sides, but maybe we can do it at the next level yeah. in pros or something. And so now, nah, man, it's just special to see how time, you know, uh, passes and how things just, you know, over, you know, how things just kind of uh, unravel and, you know, God's plan, man, it's just he's shown himself in so many ways this year and, and in particular. And I'm just grateful for him showing his will. Did Did you ever play a, a, a different position? Like so. So Clark told us he ended up playing running back and then having a conversation with with Pops about, you know, switching over to corner. Were you in that that a similar boat or or, or, or did you jump into corner when you started playing football? Well, no, I was at DN my first like few years, I think. Dang, DN. Yeah. Yeah, we both did. We both like we both edge hitters. rushers. We're yeah, like yeah. You guys are gonna be the, the next fastest make it to was at DN. <laughs> Then I started playing. Um, what did I start playing? Running back actually, Running back, yeah. and I was killing it until like my seventh grade year. Then eighth grade year, I played cornerback. And going into actually going into high school, I played running back still. Canyon Hills, running back and, and cornerback. Yeah, yeah, he was a good running back. He was a better back than yeah, I was. I had vision and had the breakaway speed and everything. And taller. Mm-hmm. And longer, quicker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he had all of that stuff. And my dad moved me to corner before he moved him, you know, because yeah. uh, we weren't sure what he was going to do. Ninth know, grade year, I started playing ninth corner. Ninth grade year, I started playing corner. So what ended up Just leading like, you to want to switch to corner? Because Clark, Clark told us it was it was the conversation he had with his dad about, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's, not, there, there's a lot more talent as far as corners, but there's not as much quantity yeah, as yeah. there is. That's so, the same conversation. Same conversation. I feel like. It was like it was not it was a need for corners in the pros and so we wanted to take that route 
and it's just the hard. It's one of the hardest positions on the field really to play. Mm-hmm. So we like that challenge, and we we face. Because when it. we first started playing football, it was running backs. It was I remember AP Everybody was a guy that we back. studied. You know, Latavius Murray was at his prime. Uh, Adrian Peterson was the guy, and so like we always looked up to him. And I was a big back in Pop Warner because like I, I developed early, you know that. And so I was about five five, you know, and I was I was taller than him. At and the it was time. like a so screeching halt. Like, yeah, and so I was the big back that was fast, and I developed early. So I hit puberty probably what twelve thirteen, and so I was yeah. huge, you know, or eleven or something. So I was huge. And they were like this kid is huge, like he's buff. He looks like a Adrian Peterson, and so I wore twenty eight. You know, I did all that stuff, and so. I uh You trucking dudes like him too? Yeah, I was doing all of that. And so of Truck course stick on everyone <laughs> everyone ended up catching up with me. Um everyone ended up being taller than me and so Or like maybe that. you ended up stopping for everyone else to catch up. <laughs> yeah, so I was five seven or five eight or something going into high school. So I probably grew about two inches or one inch or something like that. And Bryce already shot past you while he was still in high school, probably. Yeah, he right? kinda got up there. Um but I don't think he really passed me up to like tenth grade or something. Year. Yeah, yeah, something like that. 10th grade, 11th grade, we were, like, even. I'm in sophomore in my then, junior year. That's when I really hit, like, 5'11", 6'0". Like, yeah. yeah. Then he started to get taller than me. Okay. Uh, we we actually need to uh, settle this because we, we were having a conversation with uh, Alex Curie out front of the building before we started recording, and you went to go park the car. Yeah. So you didn't get a ticket. And so so Bryce and Alex and, and I were talking about it. Who's quicker out of you guys, and who is faster? Because there's I'm obviously faster. a difference. He's quicker. You're, he's quicker you're faster, for like the first two steps. But nah. I started to pick up. Nah, he's not faster than me. Really? Yeah, nah. You gonna sit up here? Sounds like we're gonna have to put our. Sounds like we're gonna put the feet in the ground. Check the track times. I think I have more check the track times. I think I have saying. more explosive. I, we both play football. Check now. Check the track times. Are you gonna run track in uh, Tennessee he's State? No. <laughs> <laughs> we both gonna play football. Nah, I think uh, in the forty. I think I think Bryce might be able to run a four four, but I'm a legitimate four four laser, and so and I think. Yeah, laser. And so I think I have more explosiveness, but who knows? Bryce might be able to get me like in 180, maybe even, I don't know, not 60, because I'm really, really explosive. I mean, I'm, well, he's I, able to run 11 flat. Right now, I could probably run like 10 5. 10 5? No, you can't. Do you really believe you can't that? Run, I bet you won't run 11 5 right now on a laser. Ooh. It's harder than it looks, buddy. Ooh. <laughs> I don't have nothing I, to prove. I can't, I can't <laughs> smell that. It's a challenge. <laughs> I can't get out there and run no 100. Coach Shaw would kill me if I pull something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you have nine months until the season starts. Yeah, it's a lot of money on the line, Trev. We can't retire. we can't take that. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying <laughs> to go out and get injured. Game, I'm not game. sitting here saying, "Hey, Clark, go out and get injured." Yeah, Trev, he's, he's egging it on. I, hey, I didn't, I didn't hey for me, debate. the only thing that 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 matters is that is that you're good enough to play at at Utah and that you still have a voice, so you can still do the show. That's the truth. So, <laughs> so I, mean, I can't lose my voice yelling while I'm beating him. So in the race, huh? okay, so so Bryce is here for a couple of days. Do we want to? Settle this? Do we want to settle this? On your turf? On your turf? What happened the last time I went back home? That's different. I was injured. Got it. He was injured. (laughs) Hey. Yeah, we've done this probably every time I go back home. You also got the altitude here. Yeah. Use everything. Yeah. I don't think you you were on a 12 flat with the altitude. I don't think so. It's hard. I don't think you want to do that, Bryce. (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) I'm loving this part. I don't think you want to do that. Nah, but um, I I mean, that's what that's what makes us special corners, man. You know, you talk about the speed piece and all that stuff. Me and my brother, you know, there's guys that are probably faster than the both of us. I mean, we come up here, Coach Shaw, these guys, they recruit speed. We got Fabian Marks. We got Travis Brown run 10-2, 10-3. Fabian Wren was one of the fastest 200 guys out of Texas. But what makes us special is we, we study the game. We're both football heads. We're junkies. We study more film than anybody. Like, I, I mean, shoot, I'll, I'll put it on air. Maybe I'll run a 13 flat in 100. Do you see me get beat deep? Never. It doesn't happen. Um, You did against Oregon. <laughs> 
Blown coverage. <laughs> you, you, you ended up giving up the only, the only touchdown against Oregon in Blown that in, in that first game. The one that actually Bryce was at. That was actually <laughs> when I ended coverage. up meeting Bryce. Was I running with the guy? No, I I jumped another route. So but, that, but was he wide open? So that was an exception. So Trevor doesn't understand. <laughs> so that's why we've got two corners to explain to Trevor that that was a blown coverage. That's not like getting ran by. So a man coverage, you know, when you yeah. get ran by, that's like a sign of like you're not fast enough when you're a corner. And so now that play happened to be a blown coverage. CP did what CP does, jumped a, a, a route, you know, and another route was wide open. But yeah, so you don't see. Point is, you don't see that happen a lot, you know, and so just add a little more fuel to the fire. Who Allowed 350 receiving yards to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, the, the, the Utah, good question. The Utah secondary, and of course, me being the leader of that secondary, exactly. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, I've got to accept that. Take that little slice of, of a humble pie, CP. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Not my own co-host. I thought he knew the stats. I thought he knew that I had a pick, hey, a f- forced fumble, I'm and not seven tackles. Coach. I, I'm in sports media where it's all about stats, where it's all about How many times lines. was I on Jackson Smith? Mm. I actually was, was uh, going back a Good couple question. of times. I'm I, I, I going back, and I got through I got through three quarters mm. so far. Of, so of, I covered of him twice, huh? And you covered so you him, know. I think, four times. How although many, I th- how many catches? Although I think you were in zone. There was one. He, he actually got one. it. He, he, because 16-yard so, reception. Well, you want <laughs> to finish. Oh, okay, got it. Got it. Just want to make sure we both Kirk Herbstreet even pointed out that you had to come from clear across the other end of the field to yeah. get him. Yeah. Now I had to follow him because it was a it was a it was a coverage in which it called. See, he it, knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, because I watch every clip probably 17 times. Okay. And so I know exactly how many times that I was on him. How many catches that he had on CP? How many different stuff? One catch. He had one 16 catch. Sixteen yards. Sixteen yards. So it's not a very good game. So he would have had three hundred and thirty-one yards <laughs> minus sixteen. <laughs> had it not been for you, yeah. Because I think he ended up with three forty-seven. So he would have only had three hundred thirty. We were talking after the game. I was just like, dude. I was like, you're a killer, bro. He was like, man, you're a killer, bro. He was like, man. He was. Like, I was surprised that you didn't follow me. I was like, I was surprised too. <laughs> like I was surprised too. Just wish I, you know, got the green light to follow you because did it bad. other games. Just wonder why we wasn't allowed to do it this game. And he was just like, man, you know. Anyways, he was like, hey, you got, you know, you're gonna do some great things. He basically was like, hey, bro, you are gonna make a lot of money. I was like, you're gonna make a lot of money. Huh. I was like, you just had four touchdowns on the Utah defense, five touchdowns probably. I lost track, but I just told him I was just like, man, I think it was you're four. a killer. I think it was four. And so I was proud of that dude because he's a uh, he was he actually had long lived Ty Jordan, you know, or long lived twenty two on his yeah towel. on his on his towel. Yeah, that was so awesome. I told him I was like, I appreciate that man, and I guess they played together on the same seven on seventeen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he told me. So I yeah, was I proud did. of him. And um, nah, that dude's a he's a humble dude as well. You know, need more dude like him, more men like him. All right, we're gonna go ahead and uh, take a break. When we come back, more with Bryce Phillips as he joins us in studio here on Faith Family Football. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III. Trevor Allen here alongside Bryce Phillips joining us in studio, special guest, second guest in Faith, Family, and Football podcast history. Um, you guys can follow Clark on Twitter at ClarkPhillips21 and then on Instagram at ClarkPhillips III. Bryce, go ahead and give out your uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter handles. You can follow me on both at BrycePhillipsBP. BP. Love it. Love it. So um, I kind of want to talk about when so when when you end up making that that switch to corner, like what was like one one of the first things that was really hard to adjust to when you were when you when you made that move over to corner? Um, I would say definitely covering backwards, like you know, opening up and backpedaling. Really, backpedaling is harder than it looks. Like when you first start corner, it takes a lot of muscle endurance, mm-hmm. and then opening up, being smooth, opening up, that's really hard to do. Going from backpedaling to opening up and finding wide receiver, then finding the ball, all those steps are just. There are different things you have to work on individually. Did it help to have uh, Pops put you guys through those workouts? Because I, I can remember back back when the uh, pandemic first started, Clark ended up going back home. And you ended up DMing me on your old Twitter handle. I mean, it's weird. You guys have all had to have new Twitter Twitter accounts, it seems like. Yeah. I've never had to. So Bryce ended up DMing me some video of you guys at like one of the local parks, and you guys are just doing like workouts, like going up and down that giant hill. Yes, and sir. Did that help you smooth that that move to corner? Definitely, because that helps you build speed, and then doing the back pedals up the hill that build, that builds strength in your legs, and so that will definitely help all around as a corner. Did it also help to have Clark alongside to where you guys are are you know competing a little bit? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we always compete in everything we do. Back man, will you get off your phone? <laughs> no, I can't. I'm studying. I'm studying film. No, you're not. You're texting <laughs> or on on TikTok. No, you're not a TikTok. Nah, guy. You know I'm not a TikTok guy. I'm he's playing, TikTok he's guy. replaying a Rose Bowl game. Make sure you only had one catch. <laughs> what happened? He's replaying a Rose Bowl game. Yeah, facts, <laughs> facts, man. You know I got to keep the stats right because my own co-host doesn't know him. <laughs> I know. I actually know the stats. I know how much Jackson Smith had on you guys. That's all I know. On on, on me. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not with like pro football focus. All right, chill out, man. You know that my co-host watched me in games. You know, not messing with. <laughs> I did. I actually watched you get a pick in the freaking end zone. Man, that was crazy. Now I wish it was on uh, my dog Jackson. I'd have some bragging rights, but he still gets the last laugh. But nah, man. I uh, those workouts, man. Every single time that I go back home, we you know we train. Whether we go to the hill park, whether we go to you know where else, Liberty, Liberty Park. That's that's kind of been our mecca since we were little. You know, we'd always go over there. We'd run 150s, you know, ever since I could remember. Being 10, 11, 12, that was where we'd always go in the offseason. So it was like we call it our lab, you know, go get plyometrics. I mean, we had everything in that five-mile radius from the Hill Park yeah. to you know, Liberty, probably a mile. And then we'd go back home and hit our own, you know, grass strip. And so, nah, man, we had everything at our disposal. And even when we started to drive, we would go there ourselves, and our dad would mm-hmm. meet us up there and bring go us Gatorades and stuff. And you go up there on your own. And so yeah, it's been kind of like our tradition that we every single time I'm back, you know, all that different stuff, even, you know, when I'm not there, and we're always going to that little park. It'll be there forever. 
I was in L.A. three different times this year covering you guys, um, covering the Utes, that is. And uh, I probably should have checked out the park, but then uh, Bryce was in the middle of a season. You obviously couldn't even talk to us until unless, like, you were granted permission by Utah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that actually seems like something really, really cool. And, you know, it's always good to have something special like that, you know, a place or, you know, a thing that you, you, you do with your brother that – you know, not a lot of people do because I, I know you guys have brought friends along and things like that, and and you know, but just to be able to have that is something that you guys will probably cherish for a long time, right? Nah, for real, man, and it's something that we hold close to the, you know, close to the heart because it's something that kind of got us through, you know, a lot, and you know, from being little and going there to now, we kind of still have that part. So, and now our sister's working out there. Now our sister works out <laughs> there. Oh, so really? It's yep. our family little, you know, thing, man. So. Okay, so Bryce, who are some of the players, whether it, it's in the pros or in college, that that you like to model your game after, or even just just like to watch, enjoy watching? I enjoy watching Jalen Ramsey, Elias Ricks in college football. Those are my two that I really like watching because you know they're longer and they, they they take the ball away, and that's what I like to model my game off. How many picks did you have for Santa Ana? Two, two pick six, and then the regular pick pick six. Um, Pick six runs in the family. Yeah, no. <laughs> we always got to get one. Now, how how many touchdowns did you give up? Uh, one. How many did you one. give up? You should know that. <laughs> well, I know one. It was against Oregon. <laughs> you should know that. Come on, co-host. You got to know this. Um, okay, total. so it was you gave up one in twenty twenty. I've given up three in my career. Okay, and then you gave up one against Oregon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm going to keep bringing up. And then you gave up one against the Buckeyes, did you? Yeah. In the Rose Bowl? That's right. Yeah. Against, uh, what's the kid's name? He His dad's like a Hall of Fame. Marvin receiver. Harrison Jr.? Yeah. yeah. That kid's a baller. Yeah, he's a good player. He uh he ran a nice quick slant, or nice fade, which I thought it was a quick slant. But, uh, yeah, man, three on my career. And how and how, how many times have you guys mossed a guy in, in your guys' careers, whether it was in high school a lot of times. I played offense. So too. Clark ended up telling me the one time you guys ended up playing together when you guys were in high school, where you ended up mossing a guy for like a pick. Yeah. Calabasas. Oh, I do remember that. Yes, I did. <laughs> now he him. does. He's like, oh, the light went off. <laughs> Calabasas. Yeah, I remember that play. So, he tried to do a fade, and I just went up for it. I pointed it. He tried to get back. It, it was actually like my pick in the road. In the end zone, yeah. Do you guys ever get like shocked at like some, some of these these plays you guys make where you guys end up like mossing a guy where you guys are like, there's no chance I'm getting it, but I'm going to try anyway? And yeah. then you go up and get it. <laughs> You'll surprise yourself. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. I think sometimes. Yeah, I, I went and I'm 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 really out of shape and I can't jump. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I I think uh, there's times where I'm like, wow, like it doesn't hit me. Like both Wazoo interceptions, like it didn't hit me until I was probably like the five yard line. Like, wow, it's another interception. That's gonna be a touchdown. This By the way, crazy. your uh, boy Jaden Delora, yeah, ended up going to the portal. First, first, I, first, I thought he was gonna get out of the Pac-12, so he doesn't have to play you again. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he's going down to Arizona. So not only is he Staying in the conference, he's going in, into your division. Man, I heard Arizona. I mean, I, I guess he's trying to go and just take over. I mean, I didn't understand why he was in the transfer portal to start with, but shoot, man, this new transfer portal is like a free agency. So it is. So Bryce, you know, t- talking about Clark's path and and your guys's path, and you guys were talking about potentially playing, you know, in college together, opposite of each other, in that. Obviously, things have you know been limited, and you know people have asked me, you know, has Utah offered Bryce? And I, I don't, I don't give him the you know time of day because that's obviously personal between you. And whenever you announce it is when we could talk about it. But not really talking about that. But 
when when did you want to carve your own path? What what like year was it to where you're like, you know what? I do like the whole fact of potentially living with with Clark and playing with him in college, but you kind of want to be your your, mm-hmm. your your own person. When did that kind of take place? I feel like that was around my JUCO year when I started getting, you know, noticed like by myself, you know, not in high school no more, not under a shadow. And like I was the best corner on the team, probably the best player because I'm the only one who probably got out to like a big school. And so I feel like being in JUCO and doing it on my own and getting, you know, recognized for me definitely set me apart. And I want to do that in college now. You you were also a captain. Yes, right? I was. That's that's pretty impressive. It's huge for you to be a captain as a for you know as a as a freshman where you're not really. I mean, JUCO. I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's always that 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 it's kind of that you know stepping stone. Mm-hmm. But for you to come in right away as you know a freshman and and already be be a leader when you haven't had a lot of playing time because of what happened with COVID, that that has to make you proud a little bit, right? It does. What about you, Clark? Seeing seeing him being named a captain and kind of, you know, you 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 know what it's like, especially being on the the leadership council for Utah, and you're obviously well on your way to being a captain at Utah. But just to kind of see your your brother already put his stamp as far as being a leader, yeah, of a team. I think it's just a testament to who we are as Phillips boys, man. Like we're you know we're alphas. That's what my dad always called us when we were young. Like we're alphas and alpha dogs in whatever situation. So we felt like wherever we go, we're gonna be the dudes you know whether it's by play just by leadership you know mm-hmm. because that's who we are that's you know what we've been bred to be um from the moment we were born and so that's how my dad was and that's how he is and that's how we are and so now it definitely made me happy as soon as he told me he was gonna be a captain I'm like, i expect nothing less but i knew how hard it is to you know to get that type of title as a as a freshman yeah. like that's not very common and so i don't know how many freshmen we have on our on, on as captains in utah history at utah so I don't. I don't know. You know how often that's happened. I don't think it's ever happened yeah. as far as an actual freshman being, a, being captain. a captain. Yeah. No, because I mean, there's a lot of guys who work their way up. And, yeah, you got to like. You know, and you and know, not only that, leadership. But, you know, but leadership. you got you guys have also got to be voted by yeah. your guys as teammates. Yeah. But then you also get chosen as far as to be on that council, which is it's more members. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, leadership council is. You guys have like what, like a hundred dudes on your roster, and yeah. only like thirteen guys get named to that council. That's the truth, and so it's definitely an accomplishment. So for him to become a captain, it's huge, and it definitely made me happy. I was super proud when I was out here and I got that, you know, that news. I was like, ah, oh, that's that's awesome, that's dope. So, but it's who we are, um, Bryce. So talking to Clark throughout the year, you know, do, doing this show, he's always told me he's one of those guys who likes to talk smack to wide receivers. Yeah. Um, you don't come across as a guy who who starts it. You always finish it. I, I finish it. Yeah. So you're one of those guys where you're not you're not going to stir it up by starting to talk smack the way Clark does. No. You're, but but when they like start chirping at you, is that when you kind of start? Them. It's more like I'll show you like what I'm gonna do to you. Like I don't have to tell you what I'm gonna do. Like I'll show you. I'll slam you. I'll do stuff like that. Like I don't have to tell you what I'm gonna do to you because you know I like for you to feel it. So yeah, he's more of a duel with his pads, and you know, let that let the action speak louder. Why aren't you like that? <laughs> you know, I like to say I do both. Actually, I think you can. Well, yeah, you can attest I mean, to that as well. I mean, you you obviously talk the talk and walk the walk. Yeah, but I just feel like, um, but like Bryce just seems to be the guy who walks the walk. Yeah, well, <laughs> he, de- he he definitely doesn't talk. You know, great question. I'll answer. So I just uh, I feel like. With my skill set, uh, I've expanded it. You know, my communication is a big piece of that. You yeah, know, I talk really well. That's why we started this podcast mm-hmm. as well. I love to talk, and I just use that on the field as well. And it, and it frustrates guys when they can't communicate that well, like certain receivers. 
can't put any names out there. Oh, yeah. Um, but certain receivers, you know, that try to chirp back, I'm like, I'm just winning the talking battle, the physical battle, the emotional battle. So I'm winning every battle. So I just feel like it, it kind of accelerates that winning process when you can do it all, you know. So, so I enjoy it. So Clark, Clark's told me the way that, that, like, gets him pumped up and gets him angry, which which makes him play better, is when he's angry and, and that's where he's, like, talking smack and all that stuff. What gets you going for games? It, I mean, obviously, talking smack isn't one of those things. Mm-hmm. What 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 really drives you to get you know juices flowing and and really kind of hone in on on who you are as a player? Well, I feed off like the sideline. I feed off the coaches. You know, when they try to talk smack, and then usually the players like if they talk smack to me, I I feed off that energy. Then I feed off how they block me, how they do different things, and like what kind of game it's going to be. And I go off that. I start off the tempo every every game by slamming somebody doing something you know flagrant, just to see how they're going to react. And so when the coach starts talking like that, I definitely get to a different level of focus. So if you can see, he's more of like the passively aggressive, like more quiet. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Up, you know, and but I'm not going to really say Silent it. assassin. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like that. I'm going to let you know about it every time that I push you to the ground. I'm going to say, hey, you're trash. You're not strong enough. You need the weight room. You know, and I'll say a <laughs> you lot You piss down your leg. You yeah, <laughs> you're, not, you're not really, really tough. And you need the to, moment's you know, too big. The moment's too big. You need a larger <laughs> size pads. You're not strong enough. And so I'll just do all of that stuff, whereas he's more like the, the quiet, like, you know, you're just not very strong. Don't put bro. you out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just <laughs> little things. You. And so I feel like there's a uh, there's different ways. I feel like uh, Ramsey's probably a little bit more loud in certain things. And then I look at guys like Lattimore that don't say as much unless it's like a certain big game. Like I saw him doing a lot of chirping at DK Metcalf. But other than that, I, he's more of like the quiet, you know, I'm just going to get in your head over time. I'm not going to say too much or do too much. It's just going to be like a, a gradual, like, you know, slow effect of like, dang, this dude is whooping my butt every play and not saying anything. This dude is weird. Like, and so I feel like there's different, you know, methods to the madness, but we both got different ones. So you, so you don't like throw helmets off of other dudes. <laughs> I don't think I have not yet. <laughs> for, for those of you who are wondering, I'm talking about the uh, play again in, in, in the Stanford game Yeah, for yeah. Clark, yeah. where, where he got flagged. Luckily the other guy did too. So the penalty's offset, but yeah. Clark basically ripped off a helmet of a guy. And it's crazy because uh, that game, I was being good, you know. <laughs> I, was being good. I was being good. Like, I, there, there was games where, you know, does, I was doing Does, a, like, Coach Shaw give you, like, a sticker if you're, like, being really good? Does he, like, does he give you, like, a gold yeah, star? a green card or something? Nah, <laughs> nah, he's, uh, nah, but he can tell when I'm getting into it or when I'm, like, I'm loving it. Because he can t- I get I get up for matchups, for personal matchups. Yeah. I love it. Like, it makes me turn up, like, I play at a faster speed than I'll play at, you know, when, it, when I get up for it. And so... He can tell, he's like, all right, CP, you got to chill out. He's like, all right, you're getting a little bit too crazy now. Like, when I'm coming off to the sideline and I'm fuming and I'm still talking about it, like, this dude is trash, this dude is not even good. He's like, all right, you got to relax. And usually I'll still be laughing and smiling. I'm like, it's just because it's just so fun to me. And I see it, and it makes me even funner. It makes it even funner when I see on a Jumbotron or Jumbo screen or whatever, and they've got the camera on that dude, and he's mm-hmm. over there talking to his friends or his receivers about, you know, whatever, whatever, but he just looks so mad. And I just sit over there, and I'm just so happy. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's over there mad. He's over there hot. He's like, he's he's over there fuming. I got to keep on going. It's only the second quarter. I'm almost under his skin all the way, you know. And so, nah, man, I think uh, I just enjoy it, man. I enjoy every part of this game. And that's why I try to make it a game within a game. It's a chess matchup. Every snap, I'm looking at the formation. I'm thinking, what is gonna, what's gonna happen? Well, you know, what is he gonna do? I'm thinking, all right, this is the routes he likes from this split. In the numbers, okay, he's looking at, you know, the line, but he's looking at Devin. Does he want to run a slant? Okay, he's looking at Nephi. Okay, the quarterback just looked at me. So I just enjoy the the game within the game. What if I line up and press? Is he gonna check a fade? Is he gonna? Okay, and so I just like to play little games with myself. Tell myself, okay, if he tries to touch me on this play, if it's a run, like I'll tell myself on a second down where I can take a risk. I'll tell myself, okay. 
if it's a run and this guy tries to block me, I'm going to put my helmet in his chin. And uh, just like little things, and I'm yeah. see how he reacts. And so I'll just do little things like that. And then when I do it, if he tries to fight me or if he tries to come at me, then I'm like, okay, he's not as much as a, as a weenie or a wuss as I thought he was. Okay, <laughs> we'll see how he comes back next time. And then the next one, I'm just, you know, I'm avoiding him and stuff. And then I'll come back in the fourth quarter and I'll do the exact same thing. And I just like to play little games to make it fun. Because, you know, that island, man, it's frustrating sometimes. Yeah. You can It can get boring. Like, you remember Arizona. I sat out there for 70 plays, didn't get targeted. So... Like yeah, certain games, like in even Stanford, or yeah, Stanford it was. Nah. Well, Stanford's because I mean they they were running the ball all yeah. the time. Stanford and who else? Uh, Arizona State. Arizona State. Didn't you get target I, there? Yeah, you didn't get target. I think there, I think you went like three straight games without a target. Yeah, so it's like it gets really dry. So you have to play those type of games with yourself to stay up for the matchup. And he'll get that treatment. He got a lot of that treatment mm-hmm. already. And so end of the season. Yeah, end of the season when you just are playing lights out. You know. You don't really get and, and you know, quarterbacks are getting a lot smarter when yeah. you're in college than they are compared to high school, right? That's the mm-hmm. truth. That's the truth. And they definitely game plan just like you're game planning for them. That's what makes it fun, man. All right. We're going to go ahead and take one more break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, faith and family aspect uh, for, for Bryce and, and of what it means to him. And then we'll also do some NFL picks. Um, the playoffs are coming up this week. So we'll get, we'll get Bryce involved on that since Pops beat both Clark and I when he was on the show the one time. So we'll get those coming in, coming up next here on Faith Family Football. Welcome back into Faith Family Football. Powered by KSLSports.com. Trevor Allen, along with the Phillips brothers, Bryce and Clark, as we uh, wrap up this edition. Um, it's been really good, you know, just talking. To, it's nice to have another guest. And yeah, Clark, I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, but uh, Bryce, I kind of want to, because obviously f- f- playing, playing the game of football, it's obviously a big thing for you guys. But so is faith and so is family. Um, we, we've got Clark's, you know, backstory of, you know, your guys' dad and, um, and things like that. But what, what was it like growing up with, with Clark as an older brother? Like what, what kind of brother was he like growing up? I mean, obviously he's still your brother and, and, but, but we, we've already tackled of what, of what you guys are now, but what was he when you guys were kids? When we were kids, he was more like, I seen him as like a, older like a provider type because when I was younger I always used to wake up late I was never a morning person so he used to always we always tell the story he used to always make my clothes and he would sometimes make my food and he'll prepare my clothes before I went to school so all I had to do is like wake up and put on my clothes and go to school oh that's so nice and so yeah that happened to I, I think I was I like wish my 11. brother did that <laughs> if anything I actually did that for him but uh okay and then the whole faith aspect um how how has faith shaped you not only as as a player out on the field but as as a human being I think it shaped me to be as like as like humble as I can and like you know respect others because definitely like praying every day praying before I'm my meals and stuff and just respecting other people as like you know I I should be respected and it just helped me all around through football through life through school to respect my brother and my family and just have no respect for others. Is that how you were able to get through all of these these bumps in the road when Definitely. when it actually came to your your future playing football? Definitely. Clark, you have anything to add over there besides texting? 
Uh, or actually on do. I appreciate that. Thank you for including me, <laughs> well, co-host. You're looking down at your Thank phone. Thank you for including me. You're looking me. down at your phone, which actually means you're not paying attention. Like, I can't look over to you and be like, hey, you got you something know, there's, to add? There's this thing called multitasking. There's also this thing called eye contact. You should try it sometime. Well, there's three of us. I can't look at both of you guys. Nice one, co-host. There's actually some people who can. You don't have to look at me all the time. I'm just looking over at you and be like, hey, do you got anything to add? And you're just staring at your screen. I'm just like... Yeah, I kind of forgot the question now. <laughs> So, uh, nah, man, I think uh, Bryce, uh, with us both having a dad who was a pastor, uh, it really kind of played in, uh, played a part in our both of our lives. I feel like that we probably won't even know until we even get older. Like, just having that type of grounding, that type of support, you know, I feel like when you have that type of spiritual bond uh, and emotional support, it, it kind of helps with everything in all facets of life. And I feel like it's helped us with the balance piece. And I didn't realize how much of a, you know, spiritual uh, balance that we maintained early on in life with our parents that is helping me now. Some of those lessons and the things that I learned, you know, I didn't even realize that they would, you know, impact my life and the way that I move now, the way that I do things, you know, the way that I'm able to, you know, cooperate and do certain things, you know, in, in not the workforce, but in, in football, uh, in school, and just in, in every facet of life. And those those lessons are, I feel like, are, you know, invaluable. And those are, those are things that I'm grateful for. And I feel like they've impacted us both. And, you know, even now, you know, with our faith, you know, everyone is going to have a different faith. And I feel like it's even stronger for me now that I'm, you know, away from home because I'm able to kind of pull from something. Like now I call my dad and I'm asking certain questions about scriptures in the Bible and certain things. And it hits different, you know, because you're away from home. And, you know, you remember those lessons and stuff, but it's different when now you're applying it to actually, you know, the, your world. I'm in a different, you know, situation than he is, than my dad is. And, you know, being in Utah, so I feel like it's even more special and invaluable now. I know that this is probably going to come across as a really stupid question, but it, it's it's more of an open-ended question, and you can take it wherever you want. What what has your family meant to you throughout this whole process and just throughout your life to, to shape you to who you are? I would say it's really having a good, you know, family support and, like, being able to reach out to your whole family and, like, aunties uh, uncles and stuff like that and they're all always reaching out to us like our uncle we're really close with our uncle and being able to call him and stuff and like just have somebody there as a support piece not other not like not other than like your you know inner family and so having all your family and everybody oriented with your life and like football and school and that and all the time motivating you and stuff it's definitely amazing all right you guys ready to do some picks yeah yep let's do it i don't want to bring up the college picks because it's going to make clark happy and i don't want to do that <laughs> Unless you want he to. He doesn't Clark. like to lose. Well, not to you, man. I do this for a living. You actually play it. I, I just I just cover it. All right, let's see here. Okay. I'll do it anyway just to make Clark happy. So Clark ended up making the big comeback in college picks and ended up beating me because I, I allowed us to do bowl games. I yeah. shouldn't have done that. I should have just ended it after the season. <laughs> um, so Clark finished the bowl season, twenty four and fourteen. Let's get it. I went nineteen and nineteen, which means our record all time. Clark is forty eight and forty five. I'm forty six and forty seven. Dang. So, Tough one. Uh, because I also picked Alabama instead of Georgia, and I should I shouldn't have done that. I knew better. All right, NFL playoffs. So Bryce is going to be involved in this. Um, the wild card round. There's Six games that are that are taking place. Yeah. Um, beginning, we're going to start right off the bat. Saturday, the Las Vegas Raiders 
at the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll start with Clark on this one. I'm going to go with the Raiders. So you're one of those that's believing in just win, baby, which I can't believe they beat the Chargers. Yeah. That kind of makes me mad as, as a Broncos fan. The by the way, by the way, who do you like, Bryce? Raiders. Oh, you're a Raiders fan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got you got sucked into that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually hope Pops listens to that. Um, okay, so Clark's going with the Raiders. And Bryce, I take it since you're a Raiders fan, you're going with the Raiders? I'm going to go with the Bengals. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the Bengals. Okay. Care to, care to say why? You know, the Raiders aren't that good right now. I'm actually fading away <laughs> actually, from the Raiders. <laughs> wow. Because I was going to go Bengals, and which I'm still going to go with. Um, I just don't think I, – I think that the Raiders' magic is running out. Yeah. All right, next one. It's a it's an AFC East battle in the wild card round. New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. Bryce, we're going to start with you. Mm, I'm going to go Buffalo Bills. Bills? Josh Allen and the Bills? All right, CP? Who was still I sitting want the Bills, too. You want the Bills? I do this every episode. You should know this did, by now. Did a, someone someone text you that? Say, hey, go with the Bills. <laughs> go with the Bills. <laughs> nah, I wish, man. I wish I had the inside information. I really want to go with the Patriots, but I can't. I just think the Bills are just too good. Um, this one, this one's going to tear me apart, but uh, it's on Sunday. The San Francisco 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I'll go first on this one. I hate the Cowboys, but I've I've actually kind of realized as I was tallying up the wins and lo- and losses between me and Clark, a lot of mine went off of my like heart, which I hate the Cowboys, I hate the Raiders, and I hate the Chiefs, and I hate the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Those are the four teams I can't stand in the NFL, and I always picked against them. It kind of hurt me that way. Um, I think Dallas is really good. I think... The 49ers are good, but not good enough to beat the Cowboys, so I'm going with Dallas. Bryce, who are you going with? Dallas. All right. Clark? <laughs> yeah, I want to go Dallas, too. I'm about to pick the next one. You got you got to, you got to pick me first next time. Keep on picking this I'm actually going to put you down for the 49ers. You know we're twins. We're going to pick the same thing. <laughs> uh, this one's going to be easy. I think we're all going to go with the same one on this Uh-oh. one. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Eagles. Whoa! It's weird. I don't know why. The Eagles are not that good. He was just got an upset. He's got the upset. So, Super Bowl champs are going down? Yeah. I'm going with the Bucs. I'm sorry. I can't. All right. Um, The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Steelers. Steelers? Chiefs. Chiefs. I hate to do it, but I've got to get Clark back on this. Because as of right now, Clark's at... 38 and 32. I'm 29 and 41 on NFL picks. I'm terrible. Um, all right, final one. This is on Monday night, a, a rare Monday night football playoff game. Um, Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. Cardinals. You're going with your team and you're going yeah. with your boy Ramsey? RK. Uh, I think the Rams have a lot more playoff experience, so I'm going with them. Okay. Now, one more one more question. And then we will get out of here. Your pre-playoff Super Bowl pick. So, keep in mind you've also got the Green Bay Packers and you've also got the uh who's the number 1 team in the AFC? Uh I just Oh, Titans. Yeah, Packers and Titans. So, all of those teams that we just said and the Titans and and the uh Green Bay Packers. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? 
I like the Packers. You took my pick, Clark. Yep. You would have picked the Broncos if they were in it. <laughs> hey, Denver just fired their coach. I'm a happy man right now. Ooh, that means hope. Fangio got the boot. I'm going to go Cowboys. Whoa. Are you just going bold here, man? You're just putting all these bold things out there? You know how how miserable the world will be if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl? I'm just saying, it, it would not be fun. But, I mean, I'm sure Dallas would be happy with it. But I don't want to go with the same as Clark. <laughs> you need these picks now. Let's make smart decisions. I'm going with Green Bay. I have to. Yeah, you have to. Aaron Rodgers is playing out of this world. Team's really good. I've got ties to the team, unlike Clark. Hmm. More just I have family that lives in the area. But Well, Clark, any final thoughts as we wrap up another Man, episode? Just grateful. Episode to have, 20, by the way. Episode 20, yeah. What timing, huh? Now, I'm just grateful to have my uh, brother out here. Glad he was able to join us today. Uh, grateful for my co-host. You know, shout out to him, man. He's made a lot of things happen. Appreciate you, man, and the family coming out and helping me move. Um, you guys always come in and clutch, man. I called this man. I called for those that don't know the fans that are listening. I called Trevor about thirty minutes before I was before I needed to head over to my uh, new place. Um, he just packed up all his stuff. He had to go pick up a trailer uh, to move all of his stuff in a pickup truck. Brought the whole family, you know, Parker included, my dog, my little, my little, my little brother, as if you would. He's six years old, and they all came down and they helped me out without him. Would have in the moments of notice, so I, you know. Words will never be able to express how much I appreciate you guys, um, truthfully. And so I'm just thankful for you guys and, you know, thankful for, you know, all of us being able to be on the show today. No, hey, man, uh, it's always good to to help help out. I mean, you know, I'm always there if you need anything. Same with Bryce, even though he's in Tennessee. There's not really much I can do when he's out in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but obviously we're going to be following you every every step of the way throughout your, your career, wishing you nothing but the best, and you have an open invitation Thank you. on this show if there's ever anything. I was telling Clark, I was like, hey, maybe if uh, Bryce want, wants to announce his uh, commitment on our show. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, obviously it's your day to shine, and um, you do totally you, forgot, you. Yeah. do you. But, uh, again, open invitation whenever you want to come on, even if you just want to just shoot, shoot the breeze, we can always get you on the phone. And um, thank you again for, for coming out here and, uh, and hanging out with us. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. All right. That'll do it for this edition. Thank you guys so much for listening. Clark and I will will be back next week. Maybe another guest? Probably yeah. not. It'll probably be another two months before we do it again. <laughs> but well, it makes it that much more special, you know. This was a very entertaining show. A lot of trash talk. It was it was kind of revitalized. It was kind of it was really really active show. I enjoyed it. I you know, I can't say it enough, man. I'm grateful for you both and grateful to have my co-host and uh, slash trash talker, you know. <laughs> That's what I do, baby. You you gotten better, you know. You, I have. You've, got, you've gotten better. I think it's probably a little bit of me rubbing off on you. I, see, I think it is. I think it <laughs> I'm is. I'm a bad influence. Anyways, I'm grateful for Bryce, too, you coming on, man. I know uh, you wanted to get on for a little minute now. We talked about it and stuff. I'm grateful for it. And, um, yeah. By the way, the music you guys hear right here, provided by Bryce Phillips. Yes, sir. The Beats. That's right. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Talk to you next week here on Faith Family Football.